most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Week 16 Waiver Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Uh, Samantha Praviti from the Action Network will be joining us in a bit to talk waivers. Uh, but first, Sean Kerner is here. We're going to preview the Monday night showdown slate. And then we'll also spend a little time on the Tuesday uh, slate since that's a two game slate. Uh, so we'll talk both of those slates and then uh, we'll get into waivers. So, Sean, how's it going? Just a what a wild, <laughs> what a wild week. I mean, I feel like nobody scored fantasy points this week. Yeah. I mean, like I said last week, I just I feel like I was updating projections every minute. Every minute there was something happening. And we did all those updates, read all that news for nothing to happen on Sunday. So <laughs> it was a bummer, but I, I went six and three. I got back on track with my props, went two and on my spreads and totals. I accidentally submitted Jeff Wilson under one and a half receptions twice. Um, and sure enough, he cut some like bullshit pass at the end of the game. So that went over. But other than that, like good week overall. I think I did go on fancy pros, but like you said, it was just a really, really bad week for fantasy. And it's one of those weeks where hopefully if, you know, you were number one or number two seed that you got to buy this week and you have to play. Cause I saw a lot of the yeah. people that had really good teams lost this week because um, it was like almost all the scrubs went off. Um, so a lot of randomness. So hopefully you were in a league where if you did good this year, you had a bye week and didn't have to play this week um, and things should get better this week. Hopefully. Yeah, if unless you're one of those people, if you drafted like Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey in the first round, that's that's pretty much you pretty much won your matchup. That's it. Like that, or Jonathan Taylor. Or Jonathan Taylor. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm about to say that. Or yeah, like that was really besides that, that, I mean, <laughs> I can't think of a stud who performed up to expectation this <sighs> week. I mean, it yeah. was nuts. I mean, you know, even something like, you know, Kittle didn't score a touchdown. Uh, you know, even even the guys who like did well didn't score like a lot of points like i think you know right. josh allen didn't score a ton of points um nope. it, it was just nuts but uh we got a lot to get to so let's get right into it uh, let's just quickly go through the monday night football slate i know a lot of you listening um obviously you know if you're listening after monday you can fast forward we'll talk about the tuesday slate next then waivers um so you know check the timestamps uh in the description if you uh, need to know exactly uh where to jump to but john we got the minnesota vikings going to chicago I think that it's going to be tough for Chicago to be competitive here. You know, a lot of COVID issues, but Minnesota just seems to never play well in Chicago. It also tends to play down to the competition. So I kind of, you know, it's, it's, this is kind of a weird game where I think, you know, captain spot, I'm probably not going too fancy. I think it's Jefferson cook Montgomery fields. Uh, What do you think? Yeah, I like it. And you know, uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, as a live one in the captain slot, I think, uh, you know, with Alan Robinson out of the lineup, the, the sky's the limit with Mooney. So I think he's sneaky as well. Um, you know, I, I can't go with a guy like Komet. Jimmy Graham always steals his thunder in the red zone. So I think you got it right. I'd say those four guys and Mooney um, for me. And I don't know how you could pass up Justin Jefferson right now. 
uh, especially with Adam Thielen out of the lineup. And like you said, the Vikings always play down with competition, so I don't think this will be a blowout. And, you know, Justin Jefferson should be involved for all four quarters. So I, I do like the idea of just going to judge, you know, Justin Jefferson and then getting unique sort of with your flex spots. BFS cheat codes. I mean, I guess it starts with Jakeem Grant, right? He's been yeah. kind of the guy who uh, has shown some explosion, I think earned some more playing time regardless of, uh, you know, who comes back. Looks like Goodwin's going to be out again. So uh, Grant, you can always stack Grant with the Bears defense. I think both defenses are live in this game. Uh, anyone else that, that you're looking at? Um, no, I, I think Jakeem Grant is, you know, a really sharp play. Um, like I said, you know, Komet might be, you know, kind of sneaky for his target upside. But Jimmy Graham, you know, the key to these showdown slates has been the second tight end. Uh, right. we're, we're looking for, you know, touch on upside. And Jesse James uh, is out due to COVID. So Jimmy Graham might actually see a couple catches here um, outside of his one touchdown. So I think Jimmy Graham is sneaky as well. I also like Tyler Conklin to bounce back this week. You know, he got uh, two receptions for 20 yards last week, but he typically hasn't had two bad games in a row. So I think with Adam Thielen out, um, they could switch over to Tyler Conklin. It seems like he and KJ Osborne kind of like rotate week in and week out. So I think this is Conklin's turn. Um, So I'll probably have quite a few shares of Conklin as well. Yeah, and I can't, I guess we can't go at a Monday night slate go without mentioning mentioning uh, a oh. fullback. So oh, CJ I know where Ham, this is going. yes, CJ Ham, you know, <laughs> might just get that little play action. You never know; it might be enough to win a slate. And I get one other guy I should mention uh, because it looks like uh, has Steven been officially ruled out yet, or is he still uh, just practically ruled out? But yeah, I mean, he could surprise us. Could um, so. Yeah, so I, I'd say he's more doubtful, but certainly not ruled out quite yet. Okay, so as we record this, Thielen's not ruled out. Looks like Dee Westbrook did not come off the COVID list, though, right? Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, Smith-Marset so is... Smith-Marset, that's the guy, yeah. yeah, that's the guy I was kind of getting at. He would, if Thielen is out, Smith-Marset all of a sudden becomes the third receiver. Now, that also could just mean more snaps for Herndon, more snaps for C.J. Ham. Uh, so I guess those guys, you know, you're throwing out your lineup. You just kind of make a bunch of multiple lineups to throw in tournaments. You want to get those guys in. But Smith Marset is a guy who um, you know, starts as a number three receiver and would be an injury away from being uh, yeah. the number two in game. So he's somebody I, I wanted to mention. All right. Uh, let's jump to the Tuesday slate. At least we got, you know, two games here. Uh, always got to love some Tuesday football. We got the Rams <laughs> and the Seahawks. We got the uh we got the, uh, the the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'll start at quarterback. Uh, just kind of go through some values. You can tell me if you're thinking the same, different. I think at quarterback, I, I'm paying up with Matthew Stafford here, uh, 6,700. It just seems like he has the most weapons that are going to be available to him. And uh, I don't know how good I feel about starting like a random Washington quarterback, whoever it might be. You know, for value, Russell Wilson's not only like a few hundred cheaper. So uh, I, I'm still rolling with, with Stafford here. Yeah, uh, similar, just because there's so many stacking options. Like I love, you know, just kind of rolling with a ton of Stafford lineups and then just mixing and matching with, you know, Cup, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham and uh, Kendall Blanton. Uh, but you kind of jinxed it already. You, we, just by saying that, we know that Garrett Gilbert is going to break the slate. <laughs> So I think it is worth just having at least one Garrett Gilbert flyer if he does play um, XFL legend that is in Garrett Gilbert. Uh, but yeah, what a mess this, this slate is in general. Um, and Jalen hurts. I think his ceiling is going to be capped if the football team 
you know, ends up having to rule out a ton of players on offense and defense, that's going to hurt, uh, hurt, hurts upside. Try saying that 10 times fast. Jesus. And, uh, uh, I, I think, yeah, you can make a case for Russell Wilson too. I think that's probably going to be the game to stack. Um, so yeah, Stafford and Wilson for me. Yeah. I don't mind some hurts, but I do agree. I think the floor is super low. Like, uh, yeah. but at the same time, Washington might have like no defenders. Although some of their yeah, defensive line is getting a little healthier, even though everyone else is going on the COVID list. So it's, it's touch and go, but they just might have so many guys. It's such a, their whole we might see one of those, cluster. Yeah. We might see one of those games where like <laughs> Howard Gainwell and Sanders all rush for over hundred yards or maybe Boston Scott, it, it, you know, that's kind of the discussion for the next position, but like any one of those four packs could go off here just because like you said, this game could get out of control. Yeah. Running back. Uh, I'm looking at both of those guys in the, Rams game again, Rams Seahawks, uh, Sony Michelle at 5,800. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's still going to be the lead back. You and I talked about this. Um, we're kind of hearing some rumors that McVay wants to kind of switch it to Michelle, especially in the run game, Henderson a little bit more of the passing down back and, and kind of split it that way. And, and then Rashad Penny, you know, 5,400. Uh, you know, Seahawks having some COVID issues at running back. I just think um, he's going to get the chance to, to run the ball uh, probably – 80% of the carries or something like that. And then it's just going to be a matter of, you know, how close and for how long can the Seahawks keep it? The Rams will kind of give you the run uh, most weeks. So uh, those are the two guys uh, I'm looking at. Yeah. I love the Michelle call. And, you know, that was before Henderson missed these past couple of games. It seemed like McVay was kind of hinting that he wanted to just switch to Michelle because, you know, he keeps game planning for Daryl Henderson. Then he gets banged up, has to leave early. So he just kind of wants a more sturdy running back. So I, I felt that Michelle um, was a dark horse to become the starting running back the rest of the season. So especially after the past two weeks, just because Henderson's back doesn't mean I'm downgrading Michelle that much. Uh, so love the Michelle call. Um, I'm I'm sticking with my boy Antonio Gibson here. Um, it's it's a pretty dicey running back slate to be honest. Uh, he's the only really true workhorse on this slate. Now his his rushing upside could be limited due to the, the negative game script potentially. Uh, but with no JD McKissick, he should see a ton of, you know, receiving usage. So that's where I think uh, Gibson's ceiling is uh, in this matchup. So um, just with the, the shaky slate, I, I don't mind spending up uh, to get Gibson at 6,800. Yeah. And it, it sounds like my, you know, Miles Sanders should be back. Jordan Howard should be back. Uh, but Sanders has gotten a decent work while he still hasn't scored a touchdown, but uh, he's been money down the stretch uh, these last yep. few seasons. If you ever, if you've gotten to the playoffs and you've you know done it with Miles Sanders on your team, uh, you may remember you know every year that near the end of the year he tends to go off. So uh, last game, twenty four carries, one hundred twenty yards, uh, three catches for twenty two. Uh, so he had twenty seven touches for one hundred forty two yards in that last game. Uh, you know before the bye. So I wouldn't discount him. I know the backfield is crowded. But Sanders is a, a guy who, you know, this year, 5.2 yards per attempt. Uh, uh, last year, 5.3. So, and, and, the, and, you know, career, 5.0. He's a guy that could be efficient, even if he's not getting, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 18, 20 carries. But he just might because the Eagles are so run heavy. So, I uh, like him as well. All right, let's go to receiver. Uh, you mentioned him already. Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham. I, I think those guys are just underpriced here. Um, obviously Cooper cup is a guy that, you know, cash games, you know, tournaments, whatever he's, he should get his <laughs> eight, nine catches in a hundred <laughs> yards yeah. and uh, probably a touchdown, but Jefferson and Beckham are the guys that stand out. Cam Sims got taken off the COVID list. I think he's interesting because 
he leads Washington in yards per route versus zone coverage. And Philly tends to play a lot of zone coverage. So um, Sims had a good game against the Cowboys. Uh, he's off the COVID list. You know, I don't know if he gets, you know, he was kind of up there above uh, Carter, above all those other guys, Diami Brown as that number two receiver in the last game. So it's possible that he, you know, does that again after he had a good game. So uh, maybe, maybe not because he, I don't know how much practice he got in, you know, given that he just came off the list, but um, you know, he does lead them in, in yards per route. So he, he kind of stood out to me. What about you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Odell Beckham at 4,900. Uh, I'm not sure why he's this cheap, to be honest. Uh, he's running her out over 90% of the time now in this offense. He's only going to get better in this offense as the season goes on. Uh, so love him here. Um, and then like on the Seattle side, assuming Tyler Lockett's out, I think D Eskridge um, could be sneaky. He's like what? 3,300 right now. So um, he's one of those guys. Uh, he has pretty low upside. Like he's a guy that can get five catches and go for 20 yards. Um, but I do kind of like him on a site like this. So I'll probably have some flyers of D Eskridge and maybe, maybe Freddie Swain, but yeah. it seems like they, they want to get Eskridge involved. Um, so I think Eskridge is the, the one of the, those two um, that I'll be targeting here. Eskridge is the more like explosive player, but Swain is uh, he has like Russell Wilson's trust and he's oh, he, every game he's run more routes than uh, Eskridge. So especially in the red zone, like, right. You force mentioned him. that force Wilson him trusts him. Wilson trusts him a little bit too much uh, in the end zone, but uh, that, that's good for Swain at least. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's worth on a slate like this. You definitely worth mentioning uh, tight end. Uh, you mentioned him already. Kendall Blanton doesn't look like Tyra Higby's coming off the COVID list. So Blanton's mid price uh, should be out there a, a decent amount. You know, he's maintained that, you know, number two tight end job, which makes him the number one uh, over Bryson Hopkins. So uh, Hopkins, I believe, did get taken off the COVID list, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I got a double yeah, check. Yep, yeah, yeah, they're both like, off. Or, okay. Not both off, but one. Right. Of, yes. One's not they're on, both, one's off, and the starter's both on. both available. Right. Uh, so Blanton, uh, last game, 73% routes per drop back, Hopkins, 18%. So anytime you're getting, you know, two thirds or more for a min price guy, I mean, you know, it might, it might still result in a bagel, but in a tournament, you could catch a, a touchdown, uh, could be one of those situations where, you know, maybe the, the game script doesn't go how they expect and they're just kind of dumping it off in the zone to, to him. So I uh, really do like him at, at 2,500. Yeah, I, I like him as well. And I think a, a interesting pivot there uh, would be John Bates at 2,800. Um, you know, R uh, Ricky Seals Jones is questionable with an illness. Uh, considering they have COVID going around, uh, I wonder if he's going to be able to play tomorrow. So, if, I mean, if he's ruled out, uh, Bates is going to be, you know, really compelling at 2,800. We've seen the football team likes leaning on just one tight end and they trust Bates now. Could be a negative game script where, you know, a guy like Garrett Gilbert is just dumping it off to Bates. So, um, you know, Blanton and Bates could be in play tomorrow. Yeah, and Bates in the last game uh, ran around on 64% of the dropbacks, Steels Jones 40%. So I know yep. Steels Jones was coming back for an injury, but Bates maintained that uh, lead role there. So uh, good call on that one. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entry, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. For this show, we're doing Monday Night Football, the real Monday Night Football, the Bears and the Vikings, not that Brown Raiders, whatever that Monday is. Monday afternoon football. Right. So, Sean, 
What do you like for your prize picks elite entry for week 15's Monday night matchup between the Bears and the Vikings? So I like Tyler Conklin over 27 and a half receiving yards. Um, he's gone over this number in seven, 13 games, but with Adam Thiel on the lineup, um, you know, I think his projection is much higher. Uh, last week, he disappointed just catching two balls for 20 yards um, with feeling out of the lineup, but I think he bounces back here. We've seen him bounce back before um, after a dud. Uh, he's gone over in three or four games when he's failed to clear 27 and a half receiving yards the game before with a median of 45 and a half receiving yards. So I think this is a spot where it's a buy low opportunity. I'm buying on Tyler Conklin tonight to go over this without Adam Thielen, assuming Thielen is ruled out. Um, I'm projecting Conklin closer to 35 and a half receiving yards. So I think there's quite a bit value on this prop. We're going Justin Fields over 34 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this in five of his last six starts. The only one he didn't uh, was the game against Baltimore where he got hurt early in the game. And the reason is because Fields is scrambling a lot more. So, you know, in his first few starts, he barely scrambled at all. But in these last few starts, he's scrambling, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times per game. So that's why, you know, in the last six games, we've seen his rushing attempts, six, eight, 10, eight, four, nine. Uh, and the four again was the game he got hurt. So uh, when he's played 100% of the snaps, he's gone over this five out of five in the last five. Uh, like him to do it again. I'm projecting this closer to 50. So uh, I think there's a lot of value here on the over for Justin Fields, 34 and a half rushing yards. That's going to do it for our prize pick elite entry for today. To recap, Sean's going with Tyler Conklin over 27 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Justin Fields over 34 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets move. So you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They'll match your first deposit up to $100 or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. And now joining us for our week 16 waiver segment, Samantha Praviti from the Action Network. Samantha, what is going on and how did you navigate this crazy week 15? It was such a roller coaster because I had Travis Kelsey to start off the week. So I'm thinking like, I'm awesome and I'm totally going to win. And then it like jumps to like, I had all these guys go down. Like Chris Godwin was on my team. Chase Claypool, who was just absolutely awful. All these things like went wrong. So now we're all back to like a projected, basically like one point difference between us. So it's uh, it's been quite the roller coaster in one of my leagues, but we we shall see how it plays out over the next couple of days. Chase Claypool has my all time favorite uh, receiving line that I've ever seen in an NFL box score. Chase Claypool has two targets, zero catches, oh. 12 yards. Yep, because <laughs> of the the reverse, it was like a <laughs> it was like a, a flip back, and then the, like a, he ended with the ball and like a series of like flips. So like they gave him, they're doing something weird in the NFL box scores now. Where like on those type of plays, they, the final guy who touches the ball gets credit for receiving yards, but not a reception. It's very it's very weird. <laughs> well, so, just know uh, that I benched Amon Ross St. Brown for Chase Claypool, as most people probably would have uh, <laughs> in that matchup, and um, just disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that is rough. Amon St. Brown, though, uh, you said it, Samantha. We liked him preseason. He's coming on strong down the stretch. And uh, we'll talk about him, actually. So let me save that. Put a pin in that because uh, we'll talk about him when we get to receivers. Let's go right in the quarterbacks. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, 
week 16, maybe if you've survived week 15 or you had a bye, but you need a quarterback, two guys stand out for me that are under 50% rostered. Cam Newton against the Bucks at 22%, uh, and Justin Fields at Seattle uh, at 26%. They're quarterbacks 14 and 15, respectively, in my early uh, week 16 rankings. Uh, out of those two, I'm going with Justin Fields. We'll see how tonight goes if he escapes that injury, but um, I think he has a better floor-ceiling combo. We don't have to worry about him getting benched in-game. Um, I just can't imagine going into a you know semifinals match and relying on Cam Newton in a must-win fantasy game. Uh, just his floor is in the basement. Granted, he has, you know, QB1 overall upside. Um, so I recommend, like, if you're a huge underdog and you're just desperate, then you want to tap into Cam Newton's upside. But if you're just, you know, in an even matchup or the favorite even, you don't want to rely on Cam Newton just because his floor is too low. So it's it's Justin Fields for me. Samantha, what do you think? Of those two, I definitely say Justin Fields. Um, any interest in Tyler Huntley if we Ooh. don't see Lamar Jackson again? Because he is widely available, 4% rostered, and is the QB1 right now heading into uh, Monday night with four games left to play. So I think he could be interesting if it looks like Jackson's bone-bruised ankle is not going to be good in time. Just like the rushing has been really great. I had Jared Goff also on this list, but Goff is now on the COVID list. Um more of a desperation play, but it's it's against the Falcons. So I don't know, could be interesting. And then I've got Tua and Jimmy G. Those are two guys that I just like had as people that you could target for really the rest of the playoffs because they have such soft schedules. Tua is playing the Saints and Jimmy G has the Titans. They both kind of disappointed last week, but so did pretty much every quarterback. So they're both like, I think like QB eight and QB 10 right now. So it's it's, it's it was bad, but not that bad in comparison to everyone else. Love, love, love the Huntley call. I mean, you know, I don't have him written down because I kind of assumed Jackson was going to be back because mm-hmm. he was, a, you know, kind of a sounded like a close call uh, last week. But if he's not back, you know, I would pick up Huntley just as like if you have the spot just as a speculative ad, because, yeah, he should be available, almost guaranteed in your league. Uh, playing the Bengals in what should be a close game. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think his rushing upside could change the slate, you know, and that's why, you know, Newton and Fields, the other guys I mentioned Tua, I'm a little bit scared of, I mean, the saints played amazing defense against Tom Brady. Granted, all his receivers went down, but um, to, uh, you know, after seeing Tua throw that pick six against the jets in the, in his own, you know, like coming out of his own end zone, like he, he worries me. I don't know. Like Sean, what do you think about uh, Tua Tungavailoa this week? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm a little bit nervous on him. Uh, He's kind of in that, you know, QB2 range, all those guys are the same to me. That's why I agree with Samantha on the Tyler Huntley call. I, I'm like you, Ray, but right now I'm projecting Lamar Jackson in, uh, but I, I think I'd have Tyler Huntley as a low-end QB1 yeah. um, if we knew he was starting because, you know, they, they're able to run the same exact offense. They still have Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews in there. Um, so he's able to put up similar stats to Lamar Jackson. It's not like they're having to put in a Joe Flacco and change up the entire offense. Uh, so love the Huntley call. And he plays early enough on Saturday, where if he doesn't start, um, you can have some backup plans. If you were playing like, you know, Sunday night football or Monday night football, I would just say forget about it. But he plays early enough. I think you could just plan on having him as like a, you know, initial plan and then have a backup option just in case Lamar starts. But love the Huntley call. Yeah. And like Jimmy G, a decent amount too. But the only thing is they play Thursday. So um, I try to avoid like those early waiver guys if I can, just because like things might, value might open up throughout the week, things like that. Um, so I do like Jimmy G he's kind of the next up after those rushing quarterbacks. 
Um, I think with Tua, it's maybe I think he'll be better if he gets Jalen Waddle back next yeah. week. It did feel yeah. like he looked a little lost without Waddle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. He's been playing good football. Now, I will say that. And the Dolphins, I mean, I'd be surprised if they lose that game. They're three-point underdogs, but that's a uh, – Saints won by scoring nine points. The Dolphins can, should be able to score more than nine points. So, uh, Tua could have some success. Uh, all right, let's get into running back. Got to start it off with Craig Reynolds, although now we're uh, – John, did you just say you were seeing? No, about him he the... got signed. He got signed to the team. I oh, didn't okay. see the rest <laughs> of that tweet. No, it's good news for him. It was Jared Goff was placed on the COVID list. Craig Reynolds something, and it was got signed to the active team. So he's not on the practice spot anymore. Okay, I was like, well, I, all right, so I, ha- I do have some bad news on Craig Reynolds, but it might not be that bad. Jamal Williams was activated from the COVID list. Yeah. I, the way Reynolds has been playing, and the way Williams was kind of like a afterthought when DeAndre Swift was rolling. You could see Reynolds maintain this uh, workload and Williams just slot right back into his number two uh, role. And so they can like stop giving, oh, God, when Iguabuke uh, carries that he will fumble away. Uh, They obviously hate Justin Jefferson. So, um, yeah, I think Reynolds, 13 percent playing well enough. um, You know, I think he should be rostered. Uh, Samantha, what do you think about Reynolds? Is he your number one or is it Ronald uh, Jones? Looks like Fournette may be out. for, for this week? I would probably say it's Ronald Jones. Uh, I mean, Leonard Fournette seems like he is day-to-day or week-to-week possibly, but uh, it, the initial thing was that they thought he was going to miss a couple games. So avoid IR, but maybe miss a couple games, which really puts us right out of the playoffs. Um, so Ro- Rojo is 34% rostered, uh, gets the Panthers next and then the Jets. So it's a kind of mixed schedule there. But I think just based on volume <clears throat> and situation, he should definitely be in consideration for the top waiver ad. Um, Giovanni Bernard's still on IR. So I don't know who they have left if we would want to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn again. Um, and then Justin Jackson, I think, is an interesting ad at 5% rostered. So he did split carries with Austin Eckler last week. And uh, Eckler just ended up on the COVID 19 reserve list. Now, don't know if he's vaccinated he has a chance to return in time for this game but um if he ends up not returning i think that justin jackson would be a really nice play all right sean where are you going for your number one uh priority jones reynolds jackson somebody else none of these guys none of these guys okay samaj p ryan for me um joe mixon uh you know here's ankle at the end of the game it did not look good and zach taylor just confirmed it's uh, an ankle sprain. We don't know if it's high or low, uh, but it's possible that Mixon misses this week and beyond. I mean, it's uh, Monday morning, so I'm speculating here, but P Ryan would at least be, you know, uh, rock solid RB2 um, if Mixon were to miss time. So uh, that's why I'm going with P Ryan. These other guys, um, you know, like Craig Reynolds, he he does have the upside right now to concern like a low on RB2, RB3. Um, but the return of Jamal Williams does scare me. And also DeAndre Swift is returning to practice. I think they still might shut him down and just say, we'll see you next year. But, um, you know, if he returns this week, that's going to make it murky, of course, uh, for Reynolds. So um, that's why I'm not as high on him. And Ronald Jones, like Samantha said, you know, Leonard Fournette's more day-to-day. So I don't know if Ronald Jones is going to get the start. But right now it looks like P. Ryan is the most likely out of these backs to get a spot start. So so I like him. But yeah, if if uh, Austin Eckler is ruled out due to COVID, Justin Jackson uh, gets to face the Texans, so he'll he'll be a high end RB two as well. So I think it's Jackson and P Ryan for me. Yeah, uh, you know I'd probably go Jackson. No, I'd probably go 
Well, it's tough because we're recording this Monday. It looks like, like you said, uh, literally three minutes ago, I'm seeing mm-hmm. a tweet, you know, as we record this, that yep. <laughs> Nixon suffered an ankle sprain. So, yeah, that was, he was, uh, Piran was a guy I didn't have written down. Uh, shouts to the Bengals for covering that spread against the Broncos. Mixon had a, just a rough game. I mean, I don't know if y'all got to see it, but it was like he was just getting nowhere on all of his carries. And then he would go to the sideline, like pissed off. And then he finally comes back in the game with a chance to like ice it on the final drive and just gets like, like his ankle uh, drove driven into the ground and has to come out again. Just like a rough, rough go for Mixon. So yeah, P Ryan, tough matchup. Ravens, I believe, entered yeah. this week top five in DVOA against the run, but we still saw uh Jones and Dylan combined for a pretty decent stat line. I think P Ryan would get all of the workload. Um, the Chargers, you know, it always worries me a little bit. Like if like if Eckler's out, like all of a sudden Larry Roundtree could lead them. So <laughs> like <laughs> oh, you know we, what I mean? We already like, know just, that's gonna happen. Darius but... Bradwell will be active and get like yeah. five carries. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, I think it's P Ryan. Um, I, I think I'd go Jones two because number one, the way the, like the bucks are kind of in control, but just reeling. So I could see like the running game just being a huge part of the game plan period. Like if Evans and Godwin and, and all these guys around, mm-hmm. I know Brown's coming back, but like they could go back to like that two headed rushing attack. They have a good offensive line. Uh, Carolina, you know, is not is, is a run funnel defense. So I think I was still at Jones uh, as my number two guy. Then then mm-hmm. Reynolds, uh, some other guys uh, I'll mention, Samantha, Rex Burkhead, 10% rostered against the Chargers. Um, you know, the Chargers are worst run defense in the league. Burkhead keeps getting 15 carries for like 20 yards. Uh, then you got uh, Duke Johnson. I just think he, yeah. I might I think he might still get carries, but that scares me. Um, and that's a kind of a case for two for Tua is that the Saints are number one against the run. So I don't know if it's going to be the same type of, of, uh, of game for Duke. And then Latavius Murray, um, he kind of out of nowhere came back in the fold over Freeman. Um, do any of those guys interest you? Or are you looking at them at all? Or are you just weaving them on the wire? Uh, I guess they're all kind of in that same range of like, if you really just need a warm body in that spot, I don't know how Duke Johnson, that whole thing is going to play out. They did mm-hmm. sign him to the active roster. So I guess like, Maybe he will be a thing that's very disappointing for Miles Gaskin managers, I will say. Uh, as someone who has shares of Miles Gaskin, I thought he was going to have a fantastic game against the Jets. Uh, does have a couple uh, tougher games on the slate, though, as you mentioned. Um, Devontae Booker, maybe another name at 22% rostered. Uh, he is kind of consistently still seeing carries. So kind of in that same group of like unexciting guys that if you just need someone. And by the way, that team that I was just complaining about, about having Chase Claypool and having uh, Chris Godwin also has the running backs on that team were Joe Mixon and Ramondre Stevenson. So like, it's a miracle that I'm even still in this matchup. It's just a brutal, brutal week. I mean, it's like, I don't, it's almost like no one can complain because everyone got hit one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like you did not escape this week without like a, a bunch of duds. Um, I, I, if you did, I mean, shouts to you. I don't know how you did it, but a uh, uh, wide receiver mentioned him earlier. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, still at 29% roster. I don't, I don't get that. Like are people not paying attention to this guy? Probably. I know he's on the lions, but uh, you know, and, and then there's a bunch of guys in this game. So there's, St. Brown, he's at 29%. Russell Gage is 50% even. Um, he's come on really strong because the teams are just dialed in on Kyle Pitts. Uh, and Patterson's not really playing receiver anymore. And then uh, Josh Reynolds at 10%, you know, he's kind of 
you know, their number one outside receiver, you know, St. Brown is, you know, working kind of more inside outside mix. Um, Hawkinson's done for the year. So uh, Reynolds will be out there. Um, Sean, what do you think about those, those three guys, especially St. Brown and Gage? Like how would you rank those like one and two? I've had Gage above St. Brown uh, these past few weeks. Um, you know, I think it's getting closer and closer, but I think I'd still kind of wean Gage obviously uh, available in fewer leagues though. Yeah, I think they're, they're right around the same. I think I have them both uh, like in the wide receiver 24 range. So they're, they're now low end wide receiver twos. I've been kind of banging the table for them for a month now, it seems like uh, as being wide receiver threes with the really high floor, you, you know, they're going to get you like four or five catches each week, which is pretty valuable from your third wide receiver. So now they're low end wide receiver two. I don't, I'm with you. I don't know why they're available in so many leagues probably because uh, no one's paying attention or there's just shallower leagues where you start two receivers, but either way, if they're out there, you got to add them. Um, they're too good right now. Um, this, this game has sneaky shootout potential as well. So um, I like both. Uh, and, you know, Josh Reynolds, I said this a month ago, he could be um, the lion's number one receiver the rest of the way. I was wrong. That's St. Brown, but he's at least their number two receiver. And without TJ Hawkinson, Deandre Swift out there, there's extra targets to go around. So I think we can trust uh, two pass catchers on the lines right now in St. Brown and Reynolds. So um, I like Reynolds still uh, in deeper leagues, especially this week against the Falcons. Yeah, and the caveat being uh, more so for Reynolds, I think, but you could, you could apply it to St. Brown is Jared Goff did go on a COVID. So yeah. that could be problematic. So we should talk about you know kind of the next tier, Samantha, the guy that stands out to me is Jamison Crowder uh, at 29% rostered. He's going up against Jacksonville. The Jets are favored. Crowder ran a route on 100% every single drop back uh, against Miami. Uh, I think Valdez Scantling is probably in the conversation now, 41% uh, against Cleveland. You know, he's kind of probably that second option for Rodgers on a week-to-week basis, at least the intended second option. Um, and then... Uh, Gabriel Davis, I think people are going to look at, you know, after the big game, but, um, tough matchup against new England. We know how that goes. Um, and, and Sanders, we don't know if he's going to be back yet too. So, um, it's Crowder for me. Uh, how are you kind of ranking these guys? I would probably say Gabriel Davis is the top of that group. Um, it is a tough matchup, but he did find the end zone the last time they played somehow in a slop fest in week 13. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's interesting. And then he, get the, he gets the Falcons in the championship round. So he's a high-ish priority. In addition to some of the guys that you mentioned, um, maybe one of the Bucks receivers, uh, just with Chris Godwin out for the year and Mike Evans' uh, status kind of up in the air. Like there's a, there's a chance he misses the game. Now, Antonio Brown is coming back or like intends to come back after after this like vaccine scandal. Uh, so I, I don't think that like one of them is going to get a huge bump, but uh, certainly someone that you could like maybe add. And then I'll, I'll add Laquan Treadwell and Marquez Calloway. Marquez Calloway had his uh, second best game of the year, 112 yards and was the most targeted receiver on that team. Yeah, it's a good call on the Bucks guys. You know, Tyra Johnson, Rashad Perriman. Um, I think I'd pay attention to what's going on there. Um, one or both, if Evans is out, both of those guys may be, you know, 80, 90% route run kind of guys. Callaway, I think is a really good backup plan because he plays Monday. So it's like having him on your roster, just in case, like you get hit with a lot of COVID issues last minute, uh, I think makes some sense. Um, I, you know, I think he's the whole saints pass game is going to be inconsistent. So it's hard to like rely on him as like a priority over any of these other guys. 
Um, and then Westbrook Aquino probably be the number one receiver, but I think it's just too early in the week to like, you know, use him. And then like, there's probably somebody better, Sean, out of all those kind of second, maybe even third tier guys, uh, who stands out to you specifically with, I, I want to get your thoughts on Gabe Davis. Cause I think, um, you know, Samantha likes him as the number, you know, the top priority of these guys. Uh, I'm a little worried about the matchup or where are you on Davis? Yeah, I'm worried about the matchup, but either way, if uh, I said this last week, if you're going for ceiling, uh, it's Gabe Davis all the way for me. Um, and we saw that again, whenever he gets playing time, he usually yeah. performs. So um, I still like him. I think in that, that, you know, high upside tier, it's Gabe Davis and Marquez Velda Scantling for me. So they're great to have if you're an underdog or you need to come back and you want to tap in their upside. They're great for that. Um, whereas, you know, you mentioned Jamison Crowder is perfect if you just need like five or six points from your wide receiver three slot. You know, you're going to get that from Crowder. So he's a guy I would target if you're a heavy favorite this week and you just need some help in your last slot. Go for Crowder or Westbrook Aquina. He's another guy that should get you a handful of points no matter what. Um, we, I think AJ Brown is eligible to return. Yeah, this week. I don't know. I don't know thing. what's up with him, but if he can't return, then Westbrook Aquina seems like a lock for, you know, eight plus targets. Um, so yeah, that's, that's guy we'll have to see later in the week, but I, I am interested in adding him as sort of a stash this right, like right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think I would be more interested if he played Sunday, the fact that he plays Thursday and like, you could get like value open up. And we already yeah. mentioned like eight, nine guys that are potential ads. Anyway, there should be somebody that there's a good chance you get to at least replicate his value, if not surpass it True. by waiting. So I, that's, that's yeah. kind of my one, one gripe with uh, Westbrook Aquina um, and also the Titans can't throw the football anymore. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Let's go to uh, quickly wrap it up with tight end. Uh, there's just, I mean, I, maybe I'm not uh, fully looking at this list, but the only name that sticks out that's under 50% rostered um, that I think could, could pay dividends is James O'Shaughnessy's at 2%. <laughs> He's going against the Jets who entered the, uh, the week 32nd dead last in DVOA uh, against tight end. Sean, what do you think? Uh, what's going on at tight end? Yeah, I'm with you. Normally, tight end's pretty good for streaming this year. But yeah, I, for right now, I have James O'Shaughnessy. That's it. And he's sort of in that old Dan Arnold role, which was the old James O'Shaughnessy, James O'Shaughnessy right, role. Right. So the Jaguars are kind of like the football team. They just want to send one tight out there uh, to run all the routes and forget about it. So he's going to get you four catches for 40 yards every game. Um, probably not a touchdown, though. So that's the, the only knock on him is he lacks that upside. But um, certainly, you know, when you're streaming tight end, most of the time you just want to get some points and O'Shaughnessy should get you some points. So because of that, he's probably the top streamer play this week, but yeah, it's, it's pretty uh bear out there. Mantha, any, anyone else besides O'Shaughnessy? He is the only name that made it into the waiver column this yeah. week. I had like seven wide receivers and like four or five quarterbacks and one tight end. So, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the only guy. It's like everyone on this team can succeed except for LaVisca Chenault. So that just leaves me a little salty. <laughs> How I mean, about, uh, sorry, Ray, but this, this is a guy you brought up before, uh, but Zach Gentry, if Firemuth is out, is he a guy you're interested in? Because you talk about, well, like whenever there's a showdown slate with the Steelers, you mention him. So I'm just yeah, right, going to give you yeah. the floor on this. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to Gentry potentially, you know, <laughs> getting the lion's share of the, the workload and, and don't sleep on my guy, Kevin Rader. Uh, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he could, he could play a role there. But no, I, I, no, I, I don't, I'm not interested You're out in Zach Gentry. Nah. Wait, listen, man, I, I've bet the Steelers so many times this year <laughs> and I've won a, a lot of those bets. 
And every time I win, I want to go like throw up because like this team can't like protect. They can't Roethlisberger can't move. No one gets open except Deontay Johnson. Like it's just the fact that Fryermuth was so productive is like a testament to his talent. I like, got yep. it's not like a it's not a profitable role to be a Pittsburgh pass catcher. Like unless your name is Deontay Johnson. So uh, yeah, it's it's tough. But O'Shaughnessy should is in ninety eight percent of y'all listening. <laughs> O'Shaughnessy <laughs> should be on your waiver wire. So go pick him up. Hold your nose. Hope for the best. And uh, that's all I got to say about that, Samantha. Uh, thank you so much uh, again for joining us. Uh, tell the people where what you're up to and where you're at. Yeah, I guess this is my last uh, Fantasy Flex appearance for the season or maybe next week. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, but... there's no season left. We got, we got Fantasy Championship next week. What are you? Yeah, check it out early on us. Next week. Oh, man. I, th- I think I... Uh, have that day off unfortunately so this might be my last time but uh yeah and 21 questions and a mailbag (laughs) has wrapped up but all of my writing is still there uh still doing the waiver wire still doing start set still doing various like covid related i did a series of like covid related pieces um kind of like what to do with certain teams which was really cool that i i filed them in five minutes later, like the Browns game gets moved. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's a chaotic week. So uh, I guess just check it out on actionnetwork.com. While I still have you guys here, I have a very important fantasy question. Should I start Russell Wilson or uh, Justin Fields? Uh, I got I got Russ still ranked above uh, Fields. It's, it's closer than it should be, though. Sean, what about you? Yeah, same. I, I'd go Wilson. Um, I'm assuming that Lockett's out uh, as well. So, yeah, I, I'd say Wilson still barely. Yeah. The better it's like play. Uh, I think like QB 13 or 14 to, and field is like my 15 or 16, I believe it is. So and they're separated it, by 0.2 points, correct? right? Yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's just Russell. It's the, the Rams game could just be higher scoring, I guess. It's, it's Are you uh, how many points do you need? Like, what's the situation? Uh, it, it's kind of a messy situation because it's one of those IDP leagues where I have 800 people starting, but we are currently tied in points and I still, I have more players though to go. So I think mm. uh, I am now currently like the live projection is that I'm going to win. Um, but just want to make smart decisions. Of course, this league is weird because you lose uh, points for passing attempts. Uh it's like some kind of efficiency thing. Uh, same thing with like oh. rushing attempts and everything. Sounds like, so. yeah, it sounds like it's better suited for Russ then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just be glad you didn't have Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I bet Tom Brady had like all sorts of negative, like that. This league is very weird like that, that you can get, I get, I got like 50 points from Mark Andrews this week, but you can also get like negative 20 points from a player. I mean, yeah, it's the, you know, if you got this far, I mean, congratulations, you know, to everybody out there. We're, we're all going through it. We're just trying to get through it. Keep listening to the episodes. We'll keep trying to uh, talk you guys through it. We'll, we're going to do the, uh, I think we're going to record the, the main slate episode, the Wednesday episode, a little bit later than usual, just to try to get you guys the most updated information. Um, so stay tuned for that. But we'll definitely have you guys covered. Uh, you can find Samantha on Twitter at Samantha NFL. You can find Sean at the underscore odds maker and you can find me at chris raybon be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football content rankings projections and fantasylabs.com for our dfs content tools and models until next time let's get this month